Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined as ever by Greg Browning for another look to look ahead to this weekend's best bets. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, doing good, thank you. I'm not too bad. Good, we had a wee bit of a, a mixed bag on the podcast last week. It was all roads to Bran, unfortunately, on the Sunday in the Supernap. They went away to Bora Glimt, top v bottom. We knew they'd give them a game, they ended up drawing two all, but a corner short. So that kind of spoiled what would have been a, probably a decent enough weekend. I think Cove landed the nap on the Saturday. Uh, two late goals to win that. Aberdeen won. St Mirren Connors came in up at Aberdeen. I think they hit nine actually in the end, St Mirren. Only them to get four. And Dundee Connors came in as well at Ibrox, they got four. I think the Championship's been disappointing the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Dunfermline let us down badly at Hamilton. Uh, Kilmarnock slipped up at Inverness. And Partick Thistle off the good list at the moment. They. Um, they may be keeping clean sheets, but they're not scoring goals part of this at the moment. So the championship's been a tough place to go recently. Oh, H- hence why I'm staying clear of that mainly this weekend. Yeah, it's been one of our favourites as well, hasn't it? Um, you mentioned Bran with what steal David Weatherston's thunder. How's it going, David? Going well, thanks, yeah. Uh, we're all set for a sensational final weekend in the later season this weekend. Yeah, it's really gone down to the last weekend now. It looked like both the Glimps were going to be champions last weekend. But aforementioned, Brand scored a injury time equaliser um, after being 2 0 down. So that brought Glimt back to just uh, three points ahead of Mulder, who themselves were 2 0 down at home to Lelistrum. Fought back to be 3 2 up. And then Thomas Lennon Olsen, who we'll talk about later a little bit with Lelistrum, scored a beautiful free kick to make it a draw in Mulder as well. So the two t- top teams drew and they are three points apart with very similar goal differences going into the final weekend. Yeah, how did that all unfold on the TV? Did they have, were they going back yeah, to the two games? Yeah, uh, I was watching the um, the football goals show, uh, which we have over here, which is really good. It just goes between all the games. And uh, yeah, they were pretty much double screening them at the end, which was uh, pretty exciting. The fans at, at up in Bode were jumping for joy when uh, Thomas Lennon Olsen scored a free kick. But then... Bordfina scored from a corner for Bran. Unfortunately, only their third corner for Greg's. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, Bordfina scored uh, right near the end, and that just gives Bran a little glimmer of hope at the bottom as well. Um, they are two points behind Stabak, and they need to win on Sunday and hope Stabak lose for them to jump uh, Stabak and end up going into the playoff. Yeah, so any two from three can still go down at the bottom end as well. Me and Alan still in there. Yeah. Trying to, trying to save their lives. <laughs> yeah, and obviously they play Glimt this weekend, which we'll probably cover shortly once we go on to, to the Norwegian stuff. Before we do that, we're going to have a, a good look at Scotland. And uh, I guess the best place to start, Craig, is the news that's broke this morning that Jack Ross, head coach of Hibs, has been sacked. Um, from the outside, I guess it looks a wee bit harsh. Is it a bit of a, a panic for Hibs of the especially the cup final next week. They play Celtic in the cup final, which just seems a bit strange that they didn't get a chance to at least take lead them into the final and, and maybe turn that around. It's one of those ones, I think. It's not a surprise he got sacked, but I guess the timing of it is. Mm. In terms of what like you say, they've got a cup final to look forward to next weekend. But when you dig deeper and look at Hibs' form over the last couple of months, it's absolutely dire. 
really dire. I think they've four points in the last 27. For a side who you would argue have got the third or fourth biggest budget in the league, simply not good enough. And last night was probably the last straw. Hibs obviously American-owned, or certainly got American investment in there, and I think they're pretty ruthless, the Yanks, when it comes to uh, appointments. So yeah. I'm not surprised he went, but I do think they pulled the trigger maybe a little bit too early. But I don't think Hibs fans are over, overly fussed, to be fair. Um, Jack Ross came to Hibs with a proven track record at St Mirren. Things didn't quite work out for him at Sunderland. And I guess, yeah, they got you got they got Hibs third last season in, yeah. in the league. But this but season, it's just been really, really poor. First time in 15 years they've been third. He's got them in the cup final this season. Um, cup final last season, is that right? Yeah, lost St. Johnson the final, didn't they? That's of course. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think that's you set him up there deliberately. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I should know better, shouldn't I? Um, it kind of feels a wee bit as if the players have let him down a wee bit. You know, last night another two players sent off. That's now seven red cards. Hibs have had um, eight in the last six games, and I also wonder if just uh, he's also been maybe unfairly measured by the success that Hearts are enjoying this season as well, David. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. It's a little bit harsh. I think at least give him the cup final when when he's beaten Rangers in the semi to get there. I understand that the ambition of Hibs is to be up well to be ahead of Hearts is probably their main main aim, but also to be up challenging for third place. Their underlying stats are pretty good. Uh, I think. They've got a lot less points, a lot fewer points than they should have had uh, based on sort of every game has gone this season. I think they're about seven points under their expected. And I just, yeah, I mean, I understand that the owner's probably a little bit worried with the recent form. But as you say, red cards, I think twice twice in the last what two weeks, they've had two players sent off in a game. It's just... That's disappointing lack of discipline and maybe maybe they're looking at that and thinking there's something going on uh, behind the scenes that's causing the lack of discipline and they've just pulled the trigger. There'll certainly be no shortage of um, applicants anyway. I think Alex Neal's a a firm name that you've seen so far on social media, um, former Norwich manager, so he'd be a fantastic appointment. There's mm-hmm. obviously been cries for Neil Lennon to return. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, so that, it'll be a usual names in the hat, but I'm interested to see who they do bring in, but I think at the moment, I think the fans' choice would probably be Alex Neil. And it's interesting, David talks about the underlying stats. And I think the thing is, yes, they've been getting beat, but they've not been getting thumped. You know, it's been one nil losses. I think that's three against Livingston, Ross County, Aberdeen, um, and you know they're going to a game against St Mirren. I think David Gray is going to take charge, David, just now, cup final hero from 2015. I think he's going to take interim charge of the yeah. of the squad. Um, turning attention to the game on Saturday, uh, given the form that St Mirren are in, this must be a big chance for, for Hibs to kind of get back to winning ways, I suppose. Well, I think St Mirren would have much preferred Jack Ross to still be there. Yeah. I think it's always dangerous betting on a team who've just lost their manager. Never a good thing of that. I don't think St Mirren will be too happy with that, to be fair. Nine to five for St Mirren, seven to four for Hibs. In terms of picking a, a match winner here, I don't think you can. Both sides are in terrible form. No one in eight now for St Mirren. One one in nine for Hibs. Neither side really scoring goals. 
I, I don't. And obviously, the bookies' prices reflect that. Nine to five and seven to four. There's nothing new between the sides. St. Mirren on home advantage, but St. Mirren's home form this season has been dire. And they've only scored two goals in their last six games. One thing I would point out, though, like I mentioned last week and the previous week and the previous week, is St. Mirren's <laughs> corners. They've now hit 8, 8, 4, 7, 7, 13 and 9 in their last seven games. So they've hit six or more corners now in five of their last six. Uh, I think they're just above evens to hit six on Saturday. But I don't think I could get on any bet here other than potential corners for St Mirren. Yeah, David, are you feeling more confident that Hibs might get a wee bounce from Jack Ross's departure? Um, they might, but I think they've got they've got bigger issues with uh, suspensions. And I think Porteous went off injured uh, last night. Is that right? Not sure. Um, I think it's, I saw it's that funny how Karma is a player, isn't it? Karma. I think <laughs> since um, Porteous did that interview. It's just been a free fall for, for Hibs and for him. He's given away penalties, coming off injured. And to David's point, Hanlon's out suspended now and so's McGinn. So that's two of their back four, the regular back four, now suspended for this match. Yeah, so I think I think that's probably the, a bigger issue than the, the manager. I think St Mirren will definitely fancy their chances. But yeah, the odds reflect that it's a bit of a, a, bit of a picking game and probably best left to uh, find value elsewhere. Okay, so as Greg says, it's probably best looking at a corners angle for St Mirren in this one rather than try to second guess who might win it. Um, okay, we'll move Possibly on. Possibly both teams that get four corners here. Hibs do tend to hit four, five, six a game, so there's probably an angle in both sides to hit four. Okay, no corner market prices out yet? Yeah, they're out now, yeah. Yep, they're out. They're out. Okay, so worth checking out. Probably bet 365, I guess, is best place to, to look for your prices there for that game. Uh, next up, we'll have a wee look at the United v Lovey. <laughs> and Livingston are just a team who just won't go away. Just when you think, you know, they're about to spiral out of control, they pull a win out against Hibs last night. Dundee uh, United still in fourth place, but I don't know, should they be starting to get worried? It's now just one, one and seven, and they're, they're struggling for goals, Craig. I think they've got plenty of points on the board, to be fair. United, I don't think they have to worry. They've over-exceeded this season. They've over, points-wise, are in a great position in comparison to where you think they'd be. Um, looking at Ross County, bottom of the league on 11 points. What are United on? 21 or 24? 25. 25. So yeah. I don't think they have to worry at all, to be fair. But this is a match, though, at home. I guess United fans will be expecting them to get points from. But, like you say, they're playing a Livingston side who... One thing you won't never get from a Livingston side is no fight, and no, no fight every week. They got a great result last night. To be fair to Livingston, they were very unlucky against Hearts on Sunday. I think Craig Gordon made some saves. They hit the post twice. Probably very unfortunate not to get any points from that match. But this is a tough game. I wouldn't expect many goals in this game, if I'm being honest. Uh, United's match have been pretty dire on the goal front. Livingston don't score too many goals. What I would say about Livingston, though, they do love a card. They are fast catching up on Hatchet Men Motherwell on the on the card count. And even last night, there was, what, seven or eight cards last night in that match. But the bookies are pretty wise now. They're placing up games at five cards a match, right. which for me is always a bit high, but it keeps on landing, to be fair. Um, United at home, six-plus corners, 13 to 10. It's not a bad price, but I would expect United to dominate possession here at home against Livingston. But again, no real market kind of calling out. I'd like to see what price we can get on, on cards, especially Livingston cards. 
David doesn't feel like it's going to be much of a classic at Tannadice the way the two teams are going just now. No, it doesn't. But um, I think Dundee United, I think the price is quite generous. Like, I know they've not been in great form recently, but they've won five out of eight at home this year. Um, Livingston coming off the back of a game on Wednesday night, going into a Saturday afternoon fixture. I think I quite fancy Dundee United to win this one. Um, obviously, they lost the last home game against Celtic and they were badly beaten by by Hearts uh, recently 5-2 as well but I think um, they beat they beat Aberdeen at home 1-0 they've won I think 4 out of 5 wins have been 1-0 um, at home I'd, I'd be I'd be quite happy to take a Dundee United at 2.25 on Bessie of 6-5 to be honest I don't I don't think that's a bad price at all considering uh, their home form and Livingston coming off uh, a Wednesday night uh, fixture Yeah I think it's a fair show I just Livingston just one of those teams that you just don't know who's what kind of team's going to turn up. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But um, I think they're the Livingston's away form to what they've two wins out of nine. I mean, their away form and the home form is pretty similar, isn't it? They just they go about their business the same way, home and away. So yeah, I mean, I, would, I don't think it will be a big win, but I, I can see Dundee United uh, nicking it for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Greg, you've already talked about Ross County. They find themselves rooted to the bottom. They're just three points behind St Johnson. They welcomed Dundee on Saturday, and I guess there'll be some kind of revenge on Dundee's mind after Ross County thumped them 5 0 earlier in the season. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's a massive, massive game for both teams. This It's starting to get very, very tight at the bottom of the league. But if Dundee can get a win here, they would go eight points clear of Ross County which is massive, um, given how tight the league is. Dundee are 13 to 5 to win this match, actually. So I think it's actually a really good price. But Ross County, to be fair to them, one defeat in five for Ross County. They have now scored in six consecutive home games. The 5 no thumping was a real kind of flash in the pan, wasn't it? But Ross County do scored a decent amount of goals for a side struggling at the bottom end of the yeah. table. Um, they have been racking up cards. Dundee get cards as well. To be fair... There's not really any sides in the league that don't rack up any cards. I guess with the exception of Hearts, Celtic and Rangers, most of the clubs are all hitting two, three cards a match. And obviously it's, it's a really important game. So again, I'll have a look at the card markets for this match. But for me, I don't think either side are that strong defensively. Both sides can see quite a lot of goals. So I'm surprised to see it as big as 6-5 to five for over 2.5 goals in this match. Um, with betting thesis five, you can get on the Asian handicap, the Asian goal line, sorry, of over two and over two and a half. So that's half stakes back if there's two goals. And that pays 19 to 20. I can see both teams scoring here. Both sides have got enough attacking options in their, in their side, but I think the jury's still out on these teams defensively. And I think we can see three goals in this match. Yeah, I think the goals angle is always something we kind of spoke about. Ross County this season, they've, although they're bottom of the table, they've found in 8 and 10 of their 15 games. They've actually scored 19 goals in 15, which is which is pretty good going. Uh, David, did you do you have an angle on this one? Uh, no, but just on just Dundee, like the, the last five games, they've lost two, but that was against Celtic and Rangers. They won their other three against the, uh, well, the rest, Mother Wilson, Johnston and St Mirren. So I'd say their form's pretty, pretty good going into this. And although Ross County hammered them 5-0, I think we can, maybe just put that down to one of those days and I think you're right revenge will definitely be on their mind and uh, their form's decent it's a good price but I wouldn't 
yeah, I think it's best to look at the goals angle more than. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have Ross County at twenty eight twenty for this match. No, I'd probably not. have them a bit a bit higher. I'd probably have both teams six to four to be fair. Yeah. When we speak about revenge like that, David, um, having played the game at a very high level yourself, how how much does that play in the part to the build up of a game like this where you've taken a hammering the last time yeah. you met a team? It does. It, it depends. So some sometimes some t- a team just has sort of the better of you. Maybe maybe the shape just works for the other team. But I think in a game like this where there's probably not a lot between them, it will definitely be in the definitely be mentioned, and they'll definitely have looked at what went wrong in the previous game. And and um, yeah, it's definitely definitely something that's going to be on their minds. But I mean. The, the other side of that is Ross County will be thinking we've absolutely hammered them 5-0. We can, <laughs> we can do it again. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it can work both ways. It can work both ways. OK, I was going to ask if you were therefore tempted at 13-5 for Dundee then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be more tempted with that than, than the yeah. Ross County price, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's trying to put words in your mouth, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, OK, David, I'm going to let you go first on the next game, which is St Johnson v Aberdeen. Uh, another defeat for Saints last week, another game without a goal. They could actually go bottom if Ross County beat Dundee and they fail to win against Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen, for their part, uh, got the biggest win of the season last weekend, a 4-1 win over St Mirren. And it's actually just the second time this season that they've won two consecutive games in a row, which is ridiculous for a club of that size. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I already know what Greg's going to tip in this one. What's your thoughts? Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, St. Johnson have been an absolute free fall of late. They just can't score. And last week, going to Dundee, I think Greg would have. Uh, Maybe got some message on Twitter post game about this after the abuse he's been sending Dundee um, <laughs> all season and well, not just this season, but um, yeah, I think I think Aberdeen have got to got to fancy their chances. They're coming in off the back of that big win last week, which I, I think a lot of us fancied the uh, fancied that price. Um, I think Aberdeen would have they were better were they better than evens to beat St Mirren last week? Yeah, eleven to um, ten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I, I mentioned that on the pod last week and um, it was good to see how it ruined uh, uh, Day after <laughs> on his Christmas night out. But um, no, I think uh, Aberdeen will fancy their chances. I think I saw that Callum Davidson was potentially linked with the Preston job in uh, midweek, which um, I think, I know he's obviously made history last year, but I, I don't think there'd be many St Johnson fans currently thinking that it wouldn't be a bad thing to see Gallant Davidson potentially uh, move on to to something else because there's clearly something wrong. Nine goals in 15 games, uh, there's clearly something wrong and obviously the, the sale of Ali McCann has hurt them a lot harder than um, they, they even would have thought uh, at the start of the season. So yeah, I, I know Greg um, has an angle in this and um, I think uh, I think I agree with it, given the price. Why don't we ask a St. Johnson fan and his thoughts on Callum Davidson currently? Well, I think um, Preston have now appointed a new manager. Oh, have they? Oh, well, yeah, is, is it Lowe? I'm trying to think who they appointed. But yeah, it's not going to be him anyway. So I think if you were to ask any St. Johnson fan, Callum Davidson will go down in folklore. He's a, he's a legend, two trophies last season, never to be achieved in Scottish football again by any other club outside of the old firm. But even if he finished bottom this season, I, I think probably 
he's got plenty in the bank, Cal Davidson. What I would say though is he's gonna start coming under criticism now, tactic wise and probably squad wise, in terms of results have been poor, performances have been, been poor. And if you're a season ticket holder like I am, it's probably the, the worst value season ticket in British football. It's, it's that bad at home. The pitch is terrible, the games are terrible, there's no goals, it's not a good it's not a good watch. I was having a look, Greg, you have to go back to the season 17-18, the last time that St Johnson averaged more than a goal a game in the league. Yeah, it's been an issue for a while. We've mm. been a team recently, we've been a team built on a really solid defensive unit and working our way up from there. But looking at Aberdeen for this match, we thought this last time, Aberdeen won two games in the spin, they beat Hearts and Hibs at home, and they then went and lost their next game to someone, I can't remember who it was, but you could say they're on a little mini revival again. Two home games, comfy 2-1, win against Livy. And by all accounts, they really hammered St. Mirren last weekend um, 4-1. Aberdeen's away form, though, is a real concern. Two points in 21 is shocking. Terrible. Absolutely shocking for us. A team the size of Aberdeen, third biggest budget in the league. Five defeats, two draws. But they are playing a... St Johnson side who are struggling to score goals. Aberdeen were nine to five at the start of the week for this match. Um, they've shortened a little bit into eight to five, and I've looked at a couple of angles for this game. I did look at Aberdeen double chance and two goals in the match. But I don't think our pitch helps free flowing football. And given the place Aberdeen are, I'm more than happy to take Aberdeen to win this match at eight to five with Betfair. Yeah, they're actually short as seven to five now, Craig. We bet three six five. Yeah, and that's from the 9-5 at the start of the week. Um, another angle, you have to look at St Johnson cards here. We've hit two or more cards now in 10 of our last 11 games. Three or more cards in nine of our last 11. Very, very close in the heels of Livingston and Motherwell on the card count. And I'd be keen to see what price you can get for us to get three. I think for two, you're probably talking four to nine. But that's not a bad bet to double up with something. Okay, so an Aberdeen win in this one for you, which you tipped earlier in the week at 8-5 <coughs> on the channel. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday and with Celtic Rangers both in European action Thursday night. That means both are playing on Sunday this weekend. Um, match of the weekend undoubtedly at Tynecastle, where Hearts host Rangers and Hearts are unbeaten in the last three at home against Rangers. Uh, I think they've won two and drew one last season, knocking Rangers out of the cup there. Uh, Rangers, for their part, made a pretty solid start under Giovanni van Bronckhurst. Uh, they've got a trip to Leon tonight. I think that game's a, a complete dead rubber, nothing in that game for either side. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of squad he puts out, maybe taking the opportunity to rest a few players before the game on Sunday. Uh, any chance Hearts can make a dent in Rangers title challenge again this season, Greg? Possibly, yeah, absolutely. Tynecastle's a fortress for Hearts at the moment. The Played eight home games, undefeated, five wins, three draws, 18 points collected, um, scoring goals at home. I think there was a big win for them last weekend at Livingston. They needed to start picking up points away from home. But if they were to win this match, they, they go just six points behind Rangers, which to be in that position just before Christmas is quite unthinkable, given obviously Hearts weren't expected to be challenging up top four, I guess, this season, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I think their aim would be top six, but they've definitely far exceeded expectations so far this season. But their home form, as I said, is fantastic. In terms of the betting angle here, Rangers are three to five, which might appeal to many. Hearts five to one. 
I think this game has got just all the hallmarks of a great bet builder in terms of bookings, cards, corners. Um, Morelos is 13 to 5 to be booked. He's had seven bookings so far this season. Hearts have got their candidates. I think Cammy Devlin is is the key one. He's had five bookings now in his last 10 games for Hearts. So a booking every second match. He is about 9 to 5, I think, almost 2 to 1 in some places. So I think there's definitely a a cards, corners and goals angle here still to decide what that's going to be but that's something I'm going to share on the channel um, at the weekend Nick Walsh is the referee Greg yes indeed yes he is indeed um, I think he's shown 8 or 9 red cards already this season across his matches um, I would not be surprised to see cards here especially from Hearts with Devlin Haring and Banjimi if he starts Yeah, David how impressed have you been with Hearts so far this season yeah they've been excellent particularly at home I think um, obviously their aim is always to be, to try and be the third best team in Scotland. That's not been not been the case for a while. But I think uh, at home, unbeaten, beating beating uh, Celtic there, drawn away at Ibrox as well. Uh, it's going to be a tough tough one for Rangers. Interesting to see um, if Rangers can continue. They've looked a bit more solid defensively. Uh, obviously, two clean sheets in a row. Something that there was a bit of an issue, I think, uh, this season under Gerrard, which yeah. was a surprise given last season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, if Hearts can break them down. I don't think um, it will be as open as it would have been had Gerrard been in charge. I think Rangers are definitely sitting with a tighter tighter back four. And uh, I think, uh, as you say, resting players on Thursday, well, there should be resting players tonight. Gives them a bit of more of an advantage, but um, yeah, I can definitely see Hearts getting a, a result. Um, maybe not beating Rangers, but it's going to be a definitely going to be a competitive game. Uh, one for the yeah, one for the cards market, no doubt. Yeah, Hearts on the double chance are eleven to ten, or ninety two to one. Uh, so maybe a wee bit of value in that double chance market as well for Hearts, given their recent record against Rangers at Tynecastle. Uh, Greg, is that something you're likely to put on the channel before kick off? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. There'll definitely be an angle from this match. Okay. I just need to decide if it's going to be cards, corners and goals or, or all three. And I may put up a, a Hollywood um, cards accumulator. Yeah. OK, uh, last but not least on Sunday is Celtic at home to Motherwell. And Greg, you've already sent me or put up your, your thoughts on the channel uh, for this game that looks like Christmas could come early if things go to plan. Well, yeah, I think so. I think um, we've been advocating and championing Celtic Connors now on the podcast and on the channel for weeks and weeks now. Um, I think every man and their dog are now well aware of Celtic's corner capabilities. So it's quiz time. Fastest finger first. How many corners have Celtic wrapped up in their last four games? David? Uh, 31. Uh, 42. 52 corners in their last four matches. 13, <laughs> 14, 13 and 12. Wow. They're an absolute corner machine at the moment. And I think the way Celtic play, they do not stop, do they? They can be 6-0 up and they do not stop. Yeah. And, and they play with width as well. You know, they play with two fairly wide wingers who hug the touchline as well. And I think that contributes a lot uh, to their corner count. Obviously, Jota is out now, but they brought in a replacement in Mikey Johnson, who again just likes to play play in that wide position. Yeah, looking at their home game Celtic this season, 
they've hit 11, 15, 7, 9, 7, 6, 14 and 13. Those last two games, 14 at home to Aberdeen, 13 at home to a very good Hearts team at that point. And Hearts gave something a really good game, actually, last Thursday night in a 1-0 defeat. Um, it's really hard to look beyond Celtic here for corners. I think they win the match quite comfortably. Motherwell, I think we said last week in the podcast, Motherwell's away record in terms of corners versus their home record is quite different. Don't get many corners at all at home, but they hit some decent numbers away from home. And looking at Celtic, Celtic have conceded three or more corners now in their last four home games. Three v St Johnston, three v St Livingston, three v Aberdeen, and Hearts hitting for six. So there's also a case here for Motherwell to, to rack up three corners. Any side to get three corners, as you know, is a, a firm favourite of mine. I think Motherwell are more than capable of getting three at a very nice price of 11 to 10. But yeah, I, I think the angle for here has to be match corners. So over 10.5 match corners is 11 to 10 with Skybet. Now, bearing in mind Celtic could quite easily hit that themselves. Yeah. I was really surprised to see the line set as low as that. Yeah. Or for 11 match corners. So, yeah, that's this weekend's nap. Celtic home to Motherwell. Celtic to hit um, over, sorry, over 10.5 match corners at 11 to 10 with Skybet. I think also when you factor in Motherwell are second, second top, second bottom of the corner conceded table away from home, they concede 7.75 away from home as well. So, yeah, everything points towards Celtic corners in this one. Uh, just David. on that point, sorry. Um, yeah, Motherwell conceded eight at Hibs, 13 against Celtic at Fur Park. They conceded 13 at Ibrox and seven at Hearts. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a case to say that Celtic could rack up double figures again here. Yeah. David, uh, we should probably discuss Tony Watt as well in relation to this game. He's, his name is written firmly into Celtic folklore, but he's a man in form and there's been some people you know, suggesting that he's worthy of a, a Scotland call-up. Yeah, I mean, Top scorer in the league, uh, nine goals. I don't think there's any argument that he should be. I think there's been players been called up with uh, fewer goals in a season than he's got already this season. Nisbet, um, Nisbet. Yeah, I mean, Nisbet's really, really in poor form. I don't think there's any doubt that Tony wants in better form than him. And I think just because what has been around for so many years in our sort of in our minds because of that goal against Barcelona, we think he's older than he is. He's only 27. Mm. He's absolutely in the peak of his career and he's playing the best football of his career. He looks happy, he looks settled. Um I don't think there's I don't think there's any argument against him getting a chance in the Scotland squad uh, the next time it comes around. Um as for, for this game, he'll be fully motivated to uh, to try and score against his uh I presume he's a Celtic fan, but his boyhood club. Yeah. Um so he's, uh, he's 12 to 1 to open the scoring and 100 to 30 to score at any time, but certainly a man in form. Uh, I, I guess you're pretty much on the, the same page with Greg in terms of corner bets for this one. Yeah, I, I was actually going to message about the price of Celtic corners to the group to say I would be on, uh, to, sorry, the, the match corners to say I'd be interested in that, and then Greg put it in the channel. So he stole my thunder. And um, You can join me, mate. More than yes, to join me. I'm all aboard the Celtic. And if we both lose, then I can blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Just a couple of other angles from this match. So in terms of Celtic corners, given the fact that they have hit 12 or more now in their last four matches, they are 9-2 to hit 12, 15-2 to hit 13, 11-1 to hit 14, and 16-1 to hit 15. Not suggesting they're going to hit 
15, 16 corners, but they have decent done. Places there, and they have done so this season, so yeah, definitely worth some small stakes. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, Hatchetmen Motherwell, in terms of cards, they have hit three or more cards now in each of their last six away games. They're not going to have much of the ball at Celtic Park on Sunday. Going to be doing a lot of defending. I would not be surprised to see Motherwell rack up three cards here. Be interesting to see what price we can get on that. Yeah, again, another one maybe have a look at closer to kickoff. Yeah. Okay, let's have a wee look further down the leagues. Um, we mentioned in Fernland, Greg, they let us down last weekend, but you're happy to go back in again. Okay. Uh, they host Queen of the South, who are really struggling. I think it's just one win in 11 for them in the league. And I think even though we managed three players on the bench the other night in their defeat uh, to Cove, League One Cove in the Cup. Yeah, I think the Fernland have been a real mixed bag for us recently. They have delivered us two naps, but they also let us down... Um, quite massively last weekend. Nobody expected them to go to Hamilton and lose. A Hamilton side who were knocked out by Auckland Lake Tower the week before. Mm-hmm. So it was a real, real shocker that one. But back at East End Park, and this is probably more driven by the fact of who they're playing. So I'm keen to get on Dunfermline, not so much because of Dunfermline themselves, but Queen of the South are in a pretty bad place at the moment. Like you say, one win in 11, no wins in eight. Their last five away games have been lose, 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 draw. So one point from their last five away matches and they were kind of battered by Cove on Tuesday night in the Scottish Cup at home, uh, 3-0. And as you say, they only had a couple of guys on the bench. So coming into this game after playing midweek, I think John Hughes can get a reaction from Dunfermline here. And I think 11-10 to 10 is a very, very decent price for Dunfermline to pick up a win here. Again, could have picked Dunfermline to score two, but I'm happy just to take them to get the three points and get a win on the board. Yeah, we spoke about John Hughes last week, uh, David, but that was a bit of a shocker losing to Hamilton. Yeah, I think I was uh, on board with the Dunfermline shout last week. Um, I think Hamilton are just one of those teams, they've got a young team and they can just maybe just spring a result every now and again because they've got talented players, which is perhaps just not consistent enough. But um, just this... The price for Dunfermline, I think, is very appealing again. If you think how poor they were, or how poor they have been all season, and they're above Queen of the South in the league on, on goal dish, or well, yeah, goal scored. Currently, the fact that they're level with them in points and how shows how bad Queen of the South have been as well. And yeah, hammered by Cove on Tuesday night, I don't think uh, it's going to be easy to bounce back. And I definitely think Dunfermline will be um, should be even shorter favourites potentially. Yeah. Also in the Championship, Greg, I just wanted to touch on the Inverness price at Morton. Now, Inverness are even money, um, and Inverness are top of the league. Morton are a good, what are they, 18, 18 points behind Inverness. Um, and I think that to the layman, looks like a no-brainer to back Inverness at the weekend, but the underlying stats for Inverness aren't particularly great, despite the fact that they're top of the league. Um, Inverness... They're just just two wins inside uh, from the last ten inside ninety minutes. They lost in midweek in the cup to Morton, so uh, it's hard to argue that they're, they're an even money shot. But it's not a team that I'd be backing at that price given the the stats. No, I don't think so. It would really be a pun on, on that one. It's kind of toss of a coin, really. I think the league positions would suggest that the even money on Inverness is is fair, but when you dig a little bit deeper. The sides did play in the Scottish Cup on Tuesday. 
Morton won that in penalties. Yeah. Um, Fatal trek from Inverness down to Greenock. So I don't. It's not a match I could get on, to be fair. Yeah, I just um, wanted to, to flag up the price just like. Yeah, it's a good price. Well, I guess on I, I, prices. I, th- I think it's too short, but even money. I think when you look, I think the bookies been factoring probably the league positions here, yeah. and the fact that Morton have what part of company with Chris McPherson. But yeah, going by league positions, I think the, the even money is probably fair. But yes, yeah, definitely not something I could get on. Partick Thistle at home to Arbroath, twenty-one to twenty. Partick Thistle now eight hundred games without continuing a goal, <laughs> something like that. They'll have a DVD out for that. Uh, Thistle's greatest achievement in fifty years will be a eight record game queen sheet record. Yeah. But what a job Dick Campbell's done at Arbroath. They've gone to Kilmarnock recently. Arbroath and one-one nil. They're still right up there. But I guess with the home advantage. Part of this defensive record might see them sneak a 1-0 win here, but I don't think I could get on it. Yeah, and David, match today looks like it should be uh, Wraith Rovers v Kilmarnock. Yeah, it should be. Obviously, Kilmarnock uh, have a pretty solid uh, away record. They've only lost once, uh, five wins out of their eight games. Wraith Rovers just ahead of them in the league. Um, I think probably, probably the surprise of the, of the season so far. Uh, up there in second. Only one point behind Inverness. They could go top with a win with Inverness at, at Greenock. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a pick'em game, and the the odds suggest that it should be should be a good one. I think. I don't think. Uh, I'd have maybe taken Kilmarnock hadn't they lost last weekend away to Inverness. That's kind of put me off a little bit. And they've not been playing great Kilmarnock recently. Um, and they're playing a very good Wraith Rovers team. Yeah. So again, for me, it's it's probably a match best left alone. But if I had to pick a winner, I might have been inclined just to nudge towards Kilmarnock. Mm. Waveform is, is, is decent. Yeah, they've got the best away form in, in the league. It's still very, very tight in the Championship, wasn't it? Three points separating the top six, three points separating the bottom six and the 12-point gap in between. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy league to, to get on at the moment. The last few weeks have shown that. OK. Anything else in that division for you, David? Um. No, I, th- I think the, the part of this one we talked about um, struggling for goals, but um, that that game, interesting one for goals for me. That game, I think it's the two top scorers in the division. Um, twenty ninth, I will have twenty six. Our both had, our both have scored in every single away game this season. So I don't hate the price of both teams to score at uh, one point eight three. Was that four? Yeah, one point eight three for both teams to score. I don't hate that one considering. Uh, Arbroath has scored in every away game and uh, Thistle were, yeah Thistle have scored a lot of goals this year <laughs> yeah. yeah they must concede at some point surely <laughs> yeah. um, okay we'll take a wee dip into League One um, again I'm just looking here we obviously need to mention the fact that Falkirk have finally parted company with Paul Sheeran Greg just a shambles isn't, isn't it yeah. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed actually we were due to have Colin Cunningham on the podcast this week um, and Colin's been on the podcast a few times and he's a diehard Falkirk fan so a bit upset he's not on this week for me to lay into him and Did he refuse to come on with me? <laughs> <laughs> Due to work commitments he wasn't able to, to attend this week but he'll, he'll be on the podcast next week but yeah, what a sorry state Falkirk are in it really is a bit of a laughing stock at the moment Falkirk uh, behind the scenes and on the pitch Paul Sheeran's away not sure who's in charge at the moment if anyone um, Danny Granger? Is it? I think it might be. So, they're playing Cove. They're 11-5 at home to win this Falkirk. But I think Falkirk are just in such a mess. 
Uh, I don't think there's any case to be made at all for Falkirk to win this match. Culver, I think still Culver a bit short though, I must admit, in this game at 17-20. to 20. They've obviously shortened a little bit. They were odds against earlier in the week. Uh, they did play against Green the South in the Scottish Cup on Wednesday. And I guess we've called it a few times, Cove's away form, I think, still a bit patchy. So it's one of these matches, it's difficult to get on. I can understand people backing Cove. Uh, and maybe for me, I'm just in that mindset still that Falkirk are a big club and <coughs> a team, but they're actually not. Their team, I believe, and what I've read and heard from others, it's really, really poor. They're not a squad, they're not a team at the moment. So um, it's difficult to get on side. I don't think you can get on side Falkirk here, but I'm just a bit wary of Cove at such a short price. Probably one of these games that I've done quite a few times this season and probably say it's best left alone because I think a lot of people will be back in Cove. Yeah, to be fair, Cove are unbeaten in nine. Um, had that really good win midweek at Queen yeah. South as well. Um, yeah, so you can see why people would be getting on them, even at that place. One thing I would say is Cove tend to score a lot of goals late in the second half, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. same as last so, season, I think, as well. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a late Mitch Megas and a Rory McAllister goal. <laughs> it's been a while since we've mentioned those names in the podcast, Greg. Well, I should mention Mitch Megas, and he scored for us last weekend twice to bring up the nap last Saturday, so well done, Mitch. <laughs> podcast favourite um, the other one I quite like to look up I suppose was Montrose I suppose the surprise mm. is to see them sitting second in the table um, they're away to Dumbarton and their price kind of interested me at 21 to 20 David yeah I was just looking at that myself I think it is pretty interesting given uh, Dumbarton's recent record I think they've lost the la- lost badly uh, 3-0 at home Twice at the last four as well. They've, won, they've not won in five at home. Montrose are unbeaten away from home as well. They've won four, drawn four. Um, pretty appealing considering yeah they had a good result against Airdrie in uh, midweek. And um, it's been a while since Dumbarton won. I think Dumbarton last won on the 18th of September. Uh, so Montrose it just better than evens does look pretty generous. I would say this will give us a good indication of where Dumbarton are. Because they did go to Allo and win 2-1. They then win their Scottish Cup game, but were beaten, obviously, what, 2-0 up at Cove. Nobody expected them to get a result up at Cove. So really keen to see how they got on here. But yeah, I think Montrose will definitely have their backers on Saturday. Yeah, I think when you consider Montrose, they've only, only lost two games this season out of 16. Just look at a pretty decent price there to win at Dumbarton. Yeah. Um, anything else in, in League One? Um, Allo v Clyde you have to fancy goals in that match I think 4-6 is just a little bit short but I would definitely put that into a line um, the Allo v Clyde match on the basis that Clyde can't defend but have got goal machine David Gobilly scoring goals for them he got another two goals last weekend um, at home I think he's in 17 goals for the season so far just some going given we're not even in even into January yet, so he's probably on, on track to score 30 goals this season for Clyde. Yeah, I think he scored four in the last five, maybe, for Clyde Bank, that last six, maybe. Uh, yeah, good to see his name on the score sheet again. Um, anything for you, David? Uh, not in League One. No. no. Okay, we'll move on to League Two. Uh, David, you had sent through your bets before we started recording the podcast, and you're quite keen on Stranraer at home to Cowdenbeath here. Yeah, just uh, I think uh, Stranraer will be have their tails up after a four good, really good four-one win away at Steny last week against Steny, who had been in good form themselves before that. 
Uh, Sooner they won at home to Elgin before that, uh, and their home form has been okay. They've won three of their last four, which is well, it's just keeping them. Um, sorry, let me just uh, let me just get the league up while I'm. Uh, Do you want me to film? Uh, nah, I can fill. Put some music on. There are nineteen. There are nineteen points, and most of that's to, down to their down to their home form. Cowden Beath, bottom in the league, really, really struggling away from home, especially. Um, they've lost. Well, they've lost every game except two draws. They've drawn it in Edinburgh City, and they've drawn it Stenny. Uh, lost the last three without scoring. Anne and Elgin in Forfar. Um, they did pick up a good win last week at home to Stirling Albion, one 0 but. I think their away form is absolutely shocking, and Stranar should come into this game and uh, f- fancy a win. And four or five, I thought uh, it's quite a bit of a trek over to Stranar for Cowden Beef. Don't think they'll fancy it too much, and um, they're away from so bad that I think it's worth looking at Stranar as a maybe maybe on a Aka as well with uh, some other ones similar priced. Yeah, in a similar vein, I was quite keen on four first price of five to six uh, to win at home against Stirling Albion. Outside Kelty Hearts, four for the form team in League Two. It just won defeat in their last nine, whereas Stirling have lost their last four. I just thought five to six for second place four for looked looked pretty decent. Yeah, I think similar similar to Stranraer, I think uh, the home form's really strong. And uh, Stirling Albion, obviously, coming off that poor result against Cowden will be. Uh, yeah, for for a decent price as well. Maybe that a nice wee double with Jonar pays pays about three point three, so it's probably a decent wee league two double. Yeah, anything for you in league two, Greg? Not really. No, I did have a look at Edinburgh City at Stenhouse Muir. Mm-hmm. So Stenhouse Muir were on a really good run, as David said, but they've kind of stumbled a little bit. They've lost their last three matches now, and Edinburgh City seem to have got their act together a little bit away from home. They beat Stranraer 1-0, beat Annan 3-1, beat Stirling Albion 2-1 and got a 1-0 drop at Elgin. So it's a match I think Edinburgh City won't lose and they're 11-8 to win the match. I just think Stenhouse Muir on a bit of a bad run at the moment and Edinburgh seem to have picked up. So wouldn't be a surprise to see Edinburgh City win this at 11-8. OK, I think that's us covered most of the games in Scotland. We'll recap um, Greg and David's best bets before we finish up on the podcast. But now... Time for a wee look at Norway, David, the main event, uh, and it is the last weekend of action in the latest season, and there's still plenty to play for up and down the country. Yeah, uh, loads at uh, the top, obviously, Molde and Bode Glimt can both still win the title, and at the bottom, the three teams at the bottom can all still give themselves a, a lifeline of a playoff um, at the moment. It's uh, Neundalen and Bran who are on their way down automatically. But Bran, with that goal against Gleam, to just giving themselves a wee glimmer. Um, if they they played home to Sarpsborg at the weekend, and Sarpsborg lost last week against Tromsø, and kind of looked like they'd had uh, they don't. I mean, they don't have the flip flops on because we don't. It's the winter. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what we do. We had the skis on. Sarpsborg have the skis on. <laughs> Sarsborg have the skis on and uh, Bran will definitely fancy the chances of a win there. So that will mean that Stabak need to win as well because a draw would put them level with Bran if Bran win and they have Bran have a better goal difference. So Stabak go to Odd, who are in shocking form themselves. 
Uh, I think they've won one out of the last 12 or 13 games odd. And uh, they lost again last week against Vollerenga. So Stabak will fancy the chances going there. And uh, Mjöndalen have the toughest fixture of all. They play at home to Bode Gleamt, who probably a bit unfortunately going into the last game of the season have a really long trip to to Luhansk uh, to play tonight in the Europa, uh, Europa Conference League. So not ideal preparation for them as they look to win their second successive title. Um, Gleamt just need a draw. So a draw away at bottom of the league, Mjöndalen, um, would, would win them their second consecutive title. Uh, Molde, they, they couldn't blow up from they couldn't blow up from here, could they? I mean, you would you would, you wouldn't think so, but that trip to Lahans definitely doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game tonight's a game that they'll, they'll want to go there and win, won't they? To yeah, top, top their conference uh, table. Yeah, top the group would would make a big difference. It would mean a couple of games less, and uh, I think you know Lahans is. They're going to finish third, I think, in the group, the hands. But potentially, yeah. that's David to keep an eye out for team lines in that match to see. Yeah, But I mean, the, the thing with uh, with Knutson is he just doesn't rotate. He's very, very reluctant to rotate, despite having signed sort of a few extra bodies in the the winter and the summer. Uh, it's a tough game for. I mean, obviously, they would have preferred if Mundalen were already down. Mundalen mm-hmm. fights their lives. And they've they've done it before, Mjöndalen. They they've done, they've won games last season. I think they won the last game to go into a playoff and then scored a 97th minute winner in the playoff to stay up. So they've got a bit of history uh, of it recently. And Glint will have to be on the game. Uh, Molde themselves they go to Haugesund to have nothing to play for, but Haugesund have a really good home record. So it's not not a given for for Molde either. Um, I think so, yeah, that, I think that Mion Dal and Bryce is quite interesting. They're, they're only forty one. You know, yeah. that's that's bottom of the table against top of the table, top of the table going for the title. I would have expected Mion Dallin to be to be bigger than forty one, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think um I think just with the away trip to Ukraine and the fact that Mion Dallin have something to play for, I think they're probably reluctant to to price it up higher. Um, they have only won four games this season at 29, so you, they shouldn't be 4-1, you're right. But, um, yeah, it's probably just a, a safety net. But at the same time, Body Glimps 1-2, it's, it's, tough, it's tough to not back at that price. I know maybe a double with Molda, both of them to win, pays better than evens. But, um, it's, yeah, the, the, tr- the travelling... The pressure uh, of another title, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a very interesting interesting game. Mm-hmm. And the only way that Molde win the title is by beating Haugesund themselves and beyond Allen winning. And the, the price on both those things happening is 7-1. to one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unlikely. I think Molde are uh, currently 13-2 to be champions. So... What well, you better take and you better, yeah, better take the seven to one. Take the seven to one. Take the seven to one. Take the double. Um, yeah. Molde must be kicking themselves a wee bit after last yeah. weekend, seeing Glimt concede in the ninety third minute, having just conceded themselves. Yeah, absolutely. They they fought back well from two 0 down uh, to to lead three two. In fairness, Thomas Len Olsen scored a beautiful free kick um, to, to equalise, and and just on Len Olsen. 
26 goals this season uh, for a player in a newly promoted club is absolutely incredible. Him and Ohi uh, Wanfo both set on 26 goals. Um, going into the last game of the season, they're they're battling out for the for the golden boot. And below, Clinton Mould, the Viking, have secured third spot. They have, uh, and they won again last weekend. Um, they finished just, really well, haven't they? They have finished really well. They've just they've just been very consistent in the last sort of uh, second half of the season. They beat Odd three one last week. That was off the back of a 3-2 win at Christiansen. Um, they have won, I think, their last three, sorry, five, last four away games they've won. Um, and a lot of that has to be is down to striker Veton Bericha, who he's on 23 goals, I think he's on. Um, How many of those and, have been penalties? Uh, oh, I'm not sure, actually. You'd need to... I see he scored... Is it four in his last four, and three of those have been from the spot. Right, I, I mean, he's, he's, um, he has scored his fair share of penalties, but I'm not sure. Let's see, let me see. So they, they play Tromso. So they play with Tromso, uh, who are, who the season's done. They, they got a, a win against Sarpsborg last week, but it was a very dull game. Uh, the, the goal show didn't, didn't visit it. Well, it visited it once and it didn't visit for any other chances. There was not a lot of excitement. I think this XG was below one uh, for both teams. Um, so, Viking are 2.4, so it's 6-4 to four away at uh, Tromsø this weekend and I really like the price. I think they're, they're keen to finish the season as well as possible. Give them some momentum going into next year. Um, and Veton Berisha, I know he's three, he's three behind, uh, I think, in the, the goals chart, but he's still keen to, <laughs> to to catch up. He's fully motivated. He's very, very uh, passionate. He doesn't like losing. You can see how much it means to him. He's 2.4 to score as well. Um, I think the double is 3-1 uh, for Berisha to score any time and Viking to win. Um, on the bet builder, I think it's uh, looks a good price considering Tromsø don't have anything to play for. Their home record in general uh, for Tromsø this year has been pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the worst in the league. They've got 15 points, yeah, 15 points at home. There's only a couple of teams with uh, with fewer uh, points at home, so I think that. It looks uh yeah, pretty pretty good price for Viking to go there and win and uh, continue their good away form to make it five five wins on the bounce away from home. Okay. And you've also got a double for us this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, Rosenborg and Leedlestrum, they're battling it out for fourth place. Uh, they're both at home. Rosenborg play at home to Sturm's Godset. Sturm's Godset are the worst away team in the league, bar none. Seven points away from home all season. Um Worse than Mjöndalen and Bran and Starbuck, which is pretty impressive. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Sturm's got it really put away from home. The Rosenborg will be keen to finish fourth. Whether it means anything or not, I'm not 100% sure. So you, Norway has four European slots. I'm not, I, I should I should know as you're a Norwegian expert, but uh, <laughs> there is a cup happening just now which finishes next May usually it's on the same year but because of Covid it was extended and it's next May I'm not sure if the European spot goes to the cup final or if it goes to the fourth place in the league so if it does go to fourth place in the league that means Rosenborg 
uh, have even extra incentive to win, but I think they'll just be keen to win anyway at home at, Ler- at Lerkendale. And I'm doubling it up with Lelistrum, who are at home to Sandefjord. Sandefjord have nothing to play for. Lelistrum have Thomas Lennon Olsen going for top scorer. And as a newly promoted side, if they can pop Rosenberg for uh, for fourth place, that would be really impressive. And uh, 11 to 10 for the double looks really, really well priced from you considering uh, the opposition. Yeah. Greg, anything from you? I know you like uh, a goals bet on the final day of the season. Yeah, you have to, don't you? You absolutely have to. I've had a look at the stats actually on the last day in the latest area in the last 10 seasons and over 1.5 goals has landed in 7 of 8. So out of the last 10 seasons, sorry, there's been 7 of the matches in the last day that have seen over 1.5 goals. So there actually hasn't been one that's delivered all 8 matches over 1.5. Right. I think we got 7 out of 8 in the Obers League in a few weeks ago. But you're getting 13 to 5 for all eight matches over 1.5 goals. Okay. And I think that's worth a, a, a small stake. Can I also think as well a Greg special, all eight matches, a goal to be scored before the 31st minute. And that is with William Hill. That was 63 to 1 last weekend. To be fair, it was nowhere near landing. I think we only had four up in the first half an hour. But it being the last game of the season, it's definitely worth a couple of pounds on um, that. At massive odds. You never know. And is this the market that Skybet maybe have a total goals special on? I don't know. They've been really lazy this season, Skybet, mm. with their total goals markets. Um, I wouldn't imagine so. I haven't seen any last day or any recent Norwegian total goal markets on Skybet. We might get that for the last day, but I, I'm just, not sure. Since it is the last day uh, officially for the league, we'll, we'll just talk quickly about the Obos League in playoffs because on Saturday as well, uh, it's a 2 p.m. UK time kickoff. Uh, Yarv play against uh, KFUM Oslo. So, so KFUM Oslo, have, they beat Songdal last Wednesday at home and to, to progress into the next round. Then they beat Frederikstad in penalties on Monday uh, in Frederikstad. Um, and now they're going to play against Yarv on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, they're a big price on the Norwegian betting markets. I think they're, is, I think they're about five to two, uh, which is very generous. They beat, uh, they beat um, Yarv four uh, one the last game of the season. Uh, that was in Oslo. Uh, this one will be uh, at Yarv at Grimstad. Um, so it's an interesting one. The winner plays against whoever finishes 14th in the Serien for a place in the Serien next year. And uh, just on the, I know nobody can buy a ticket for the game, but really, really good to see that um, year for price tickets at 50 kroners, so about £4.50 uh, for a ticket nice. for, for adults. Um, so it's going to be a really, really good uh, crowd. And res- despite um, COVID restrictions coming in this week in Norway, they have had to go ahead that there will be no COVID restrictions for outdoor uh, game and that uh, should be a really really good crowd for that one. So four pound fifty for a ticket and fifteen pound for a pint. Is that about right? Uh, it's not. It's in Greenstadt. It's not in. Uh, it's not in Oslo. So you'll get you'll get a solid pint for about nine quid. <laughs> nine quid. Call me back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year, David, will we'll pop over for a Christmas <laughs> share bit in Norway. Uh, OK, thanks very much for that, guys. Can you, Greg, just start us off with uh, a recap of your bets for the weekend? Yeah, just before that, there's a couple of markets I'm looking at um, this weekend. So, League One, I'm looking at the Fleetwood v Gillingham match for okay. goals. 
and that's something I'll maybe share on the channel later today. And as you know, I do enjoy a League One all matches over 1.5 goals. So I tipped that on Tuesday night. We got nine out of ten. So please send your hate mail to Portsmouth and Jill and um, who was it? Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. But it's 0-0. But it's landed three times this season. Um, probably combined odds for a £10 stake out of 21 rounds of games. Your £10 would have got you back £600 so far for a £200 outlay. So I think it's been one goal short, or one match short, sorry, um, twice in the last two weeks also. So it's definitely a market worth getting on. And I, I'm I'm very convinced that it will land another few times before the end of the season. So it's 24-1 to 1 for all 12 matches in League One to be over 1.5 goals. And that's a market I do every week. And yeah. so far it's been profitable to back. And it's also paid off twice a year, it's profitable. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's paid for itself already. Um, and, and profit so we're only halfway through the season so that will definitely land another couple of times before the end of the season but it's a market you kind of have to stick with It's quite and, a fun bet because it's one that generally lasts you for the full 90 minutes isn't it? Yeah absolutely check a wee 5 or 10 on it gives you interest for the, for the full match and it's to be fair League 1 it's never far away it yeah. really isn't yeah. uh, and finally there's quite a few decent looking games in Serie A and Serie B so I'll, I'll be looking at them over the next day or so and these will be shared on the channel so into Scotland then. So this weekend, um, starting off with St Johnson v Aberdeen, I'm taking Aberdeen to win this match at eight to five with Betfair. Ross County v Dundee, I'm taking over two point over two and over two point five Asian goals at nineteen to twenty, and that's with bet three six five. That's half stakes back if there's two goals in the game. I'll be looking at potentially a corners angle in the St Mirren v Hibs match and also potentially a Livingston cards angle in their match at Dundee United. On to Sunday, uh, the nap this weekend is over 10.5 match corners at Celtic Park between Celtic and Motherwell and that pays 11-10 to 10 with Skybet. I'm also taking Motherwell to hit three or more corners at 11-10 to 10, also with Skybet and I'm having Celtic to deliver over 12.5 corners at 15 to 2, and that is with bet 365. And finally, I'll have a cards, corners, or goals bet builder for the Hearts for Rangers game on the Sunday. And into league into the championship in Scotland, uh, just one bet from the championship. Dunfermline at home to Queen of the South, and I'm taking Dunfermline to win that match, uh, and that's 11 to 10 with Betfair. Betfred, sorry, Betfred. Okay. David? Yeah, uh, just in Scotland for me, there's only only one uh, concrete bet, and that was Stranraer at home to Cowden Beef, and that was 1.8. That's uh, League Two on Saturday afternoon. And into Norway, um, looking at a double with Rosenborg and Lillestrøm, and uh, that that kicks off at 4pm UK on uh, Sunday afternoon, and that is pays 2.1 with bet 3.65. And also looking at Viking to beat Tromsø, that was 2.4. And also Beton Berisha to score in that game, and that was uh, also 2.4. Good stuff. Now, don't forget, you can follow the guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and at DWeatherston11. Uh, David, do we have a blog for the final week of uh, the season? I'm going to not have a preview blog i'm going to do uh this week i'm going to do a elite Syrian team of the season and sort of play of the year oh, uh, blog okay. just for, uh, just because there's too much uncertainty in the last week uh, for me 
fair enough. But uh, yeah, life. still worth checking out at davidweatherstonfootball.com for a wee bit more in-depth analysis from David on Elite Season. And of course, if you want some more tips like these, then join Greg's Telegram channel. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up. That's us for this week. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. Cheers, guys. Good luck.